Hey guys, my name is Kyle and Sarah, and I'm what most people describe as a restaurant guy. I have one purpose in this podcast and on all my social media platforms, and that is to do my part by sharing my experience and what I've learned in helping to reduce the failure rate of restaurants in this country. Look, I didn't do everything perfect. I don't have all the answers, but what I can share with you is my experience, what I did right, what I did wrong, and what I would do exactly the same. I'm also going to have guests on who are going to tell their story and help share some of their insight so that you restaurant owners and operators can learn from other people in the country, realize that you're not alone. A lot of these issues we all have had, we've all experienced, and collectively we can do our part to help make sure that restaurants continue to thrive in our communities and continue to be sources of uh, employment, places of gathering, and whatever comes in the future, we're all going to do it together. So this is the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, Blake, thanks for joining me. Um, I know that you and I have spoke quite a bit on social, but never really spoke one-on-one. So I'm really looking forward to this, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Kyle. Thanks for having me on today. And uh, man, it's crazy times out there. It is crazy. And you and I were just talking prior to we switched the mics on. You're in Boise, Idaho. Tell everybody a little bit about what's going on out there. Well, maybe you know what? Start out who you are and what you do. That would probably help. Yeah. Good question. So my name is Blake Haggett. I'm a commercial real estate broker as well as an asset manager based in Boise, Idaho. Um, Kyle and I obviously met through social media and that's been a huge part of my development in not only the commercial real estate space, but as well as I do quite a bit of consulting um, for small business owners in my local market. So um, commercial real estate guy. I love it. Super passionate about it. I think the best part about it is, uh, you know, every deal we do, every situation is different. Um, I've been a huge advocate of problem solving my whole life. And uh, so, yeah, it's, I found a space that I have the ability to do that in. So it's a good thing you like a little bit about solving. me. You know, you got a lot, a lot of problems. Exactly. Got a lot of problems we're dealing with right now. Right. <laughs> well, how did you get involved in commercial real estate? So good question. Um, I know you and I haven't had much context, um, so it kind of makes it exciting for this conversation. My uh, grandfather is a commercial real estate developer here in the Boise market. Um, Started off, he was a professor um, teaching real estate, and it's funny, clicking back to his book, (laughs) interest rates were at 17%. Um, I was looking at it the other day and it just blew my mind. I'm like, holy smokes, like, is that even tangible, you know? So Um, he was a professor for 10 years and some of his students came to him and said, Hey, let's build these metal boxes and people will pay us to put their stuff in it. And at first he thought that that was the craziest idea ever. And soon enough, they convinced him to do it. And, you know, fast forward 40 years, um, he's one of the largest self-storage developers in the state of Idaho and actually kind of the Midwest as well. Um, but that's kind of how I got interested in the business um, coming up in high school and college that I knew kind of what our family did. I saw the ability to create financial freedom through owning assets rather mm-hmm. than liabilities. And uh, so it just really, you know, the biggest kind of hole in our family's business from the start was we didn't have an in-house broker. 
Right. Um, and, you know, kind of right out of college was a good time for us to acquire a few sites. And I watched our family pay a broker close to half a million dollars for their acquisition for like, a few year period. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, guys, I can do this. Like, it's not that hard. If only one of us so, could step up and do this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's not like I need to make the full 3%. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's how I got started in the business. It's taken me a few years. And ever since that day, we haven't acquired anything new. So um, okay. I've done more asset management. Um, another division of our family's business is office and retail. Um, so I kind of manage that property management slash asset management is what right. I call. So that's kind of how I got started in the business. And I've loved it ever since. So are you handling any of this uh, tenant response stuff right now? And what does that look like? Yep. So I manage about 48, 50 leases um, for our family's business. And it's been a really interesting navigation. And, you know, to speak on that for a second is, you know, April, we've collected about 98% of our rents. There was only oh, two of the tenants that didn't pay rent. Um, which has been awesome. But at the same time, May is going to be a different story. So we kind of did like a blanket policy for those tenants that reached out that needed some assistance. We're doing a 60 day deferral program. Um, and then the payback period doesn't start until January, 2021. So we're giving those tenants kind of that relief in, you know, much different than other landlords out there. Uh. We have the financial stability to pull that off. Um, you know, we've had, I would say 50, to 60 percent of our tenants have been with us for 15 to 20 years so um wow, so it's that's just amazing. you know they've given it to us plenty and so we're trying to give it back as best as possible so that's great to hear i mean you and i were talking again before we switched the mics on here about um what the timeline was like because in new york i think we're kind of we've been dealing with this for a real long time are you anticipating some sort or is the state where's information coming where you're kind of like saying okay let's give these guys a little bit of a buffer because this is what might be coming or how'd you come to that conclusion because you know i want to read a little snippet of a, a letter from a landlord here and i think uh, it's complete opposite spectrum of what you're doing is my point interesting yeah i know it's and that's the hard thing for me to view i think is uh you know with our position i know some of the tenants that i represent outside of our family stuff um have just been like kicking and screaming, saying these landlords sent out these letters, probably similar to the one you were yeah. reading. And it's just really fascinating to see how much of a pinch the landlord groups are getting in. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, um, you know, you got to prepare sometimes, you know, right, right. and, you know, I, there's always that saying of, you know, if you're not fully invested, you're leaving money on the table. But, you know, yeah. when we run into times like this every 10, 15, 20 years, you know, you got to have some sort of cushion. What, what are you seeing in the retail world, especially in New York City? Because I'm curious to compare it to what we're seeing with restaurants. Do you own a restaurant? I do own a restaurant. Okay. Um, you know, most restaurants here have been, not most, restaurants here in New York have been forced to only offer pickup and delivery. Uh, that was very, just speaking for us, it's a small thousand square foot taqueria. We do high volume, but we were already doing about 35, 40% takeout. So to pivot to that was pretty natural. Mm -hmm. um, I think the ones that are really struggling are the more sit down traditional type restaurants that are, uh, you know, appetizer, entree, dessert, and they kind of made their money on selling you cocktails and coffee and everything afterwards. Uh, yeah. Some of them have a handful of them have um, transitioned to like offering 
instead of their ribeye for one, it's a ribeye for two with sides and stuff. Um, I don't know how well that's doing. Some of the bigger name guys, uh, Frank Restaurant in Brooklyn, uh, Mimi Chang's Dumplings, uh, a lot of these guys who were not traditional takeout stuff, they um, have made a run at it. But I think the everyday mom and pop, maybe one-off individual operator, probably just decided to close. Um, yeah, I was going to ask that too is, you know, where is the point or like the threshold, especially you being in the re restaurant business, like closing shop versus over ordering product and like yeah. paying employees and like, you know, where is that, you know, what are you seeing a lot of people just closing up shop and saying, we're just going to ride this thing out till we can have people in our restaurants again. Yeah. And I think a lot of them are taking out that, that the exact dynamic that you're explaining on the landlord. Like, Hey, if you would have been come to me with a solution, um, maybe we could have worked this out and I could have stayed open. If you would have told me, Hey, I don't have to pay rent for 60 days. I would have rolled the dice on this. Cause you yeah. know, like even down the, down the street from us in the same strip center that we're on, they're on a corner, a prominent location, uh, sort of like cafe takeout, higher end stuff. Um, I was surprised to see they, they've they been in business for 20 years. They just closed. They didn't even wait. Wow. And the letter I got, that they showed me from their landlord was basically saying um, we feel staying on top of your bills is of utmost importance at this time. Incurring debt is always an occupational hazard. Mole business association is offering no interest loans, which is a useful tool, which should be looked into sooner than later. Yeah. And it goes on. I mean, it's massive. And Whoa. you know, I think that if they, that's, that's really where I'm saying like, Hey, the landlord didn't do any repairs for me. Didn't do X, Y, and Z's. Now they're not coming to me with some sort of solution here. Screw it. I'm just going to close, come after me. Um, yeah. and that's really kind of the dynamic. Very few landlords that I've spoken to here, um, have offered what you're offering. Um, we're a little bit nicer here on the West coast. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we're trying to, <laughs> yeah, totally. That's it. That's, that's we're well documented. Hard nosed as you guys are. But you know, I think hey, if, but... uh, I was talking to Barry about this, Barry Wolf. And he was like, you know, there's no way that that position is going to stand. And there's no way the position of, you know, like you need to pay rent and um, no, we're not paying rent. Neither one of those two work. <laughs> so yeah. it just seems silly not to want to work something out. Um, exactly. Um, I know that I've, you yeah. know, witnessed, it's like, you've got to provide in similar to, you know, with me doing also brokerage stuff outside of management, you know, I get to see it from the tenant's perspective, where I think sometimes landlords get caught up in the whole mentality of, well, you know, we have the space and you're just renting it from us, you know, yeah. why don't you go, you know, the ability to have that is just kind of, they get that stronghold saying well you need to abide by our rules we're not going to be flexible for you guys you know yeah i mean that's got to be tough too i mean they know like managing the family property you're like there's no buffer there right so you're you're that that could be tough at time particularly at this point i'm sure it's rough enough if there's like a busted pipe let alone this global pandemic but are you seeing i mean do you have restaurant tenants do you have food use tenants in yeah so we you know we've got a handful of stuff um anywhere from the national franchise subways to um, so a majority of the bulk of stuff I manage is two shopping centers. So like strip malls um, that are tied in by some anchors and then kind of a plethora of like office buildings scattered around um, mm -hmm. our local market, but mainly our two shopping centers, you know, you've got your nail salon 
all the way up into like a subway franchise or like we've got a unique concept uh, here in Boise called West Side Drive-In, super famous Chef Lou, and he's been all over national TV and stuff. So he's oh. one of our tenants and he's been doing just fine. Um, oh. He's just had to adapt, which is really kind of cool is he's doing, you know, promotions and specialty products and, yeah. you know, narrowed down his menu items. But at the same time, he's really... Um, focused on hey come you know they've got a little grass area they're going to do like a picnic in the park type type yeah, option right. and so it's been really interesting to see you know one of the subway letters comes in saying hey we need free rent and he didn't even blink an eye paid rent for april and may we're going to do some sort of like reduction plan yep. with him yep. um but it's just kind of interesting you know when you build that relationship with your landlord um yep. or with your tenant for the most part um i think that that in times like this, I think they're more willing to work together yeah. rather than what you're saying you're just button heads when you both are like, I'm not paying rent. Well, you yeah. have to pay rent. Yeah. It's like, can't right get anywhere. Down. No. Yeah. And you know, this, this actually, one of the things in this letter is the guy's like, I, you know, I drove around, I can see that, you know, this business is open. Why aren't you open? Like that kind of thing. But are those restaurants there? Are they forced to do pickup and takeout or can people like socially? Yes. Okay. So it's totally. Yeah. Force. Yeah. yeah. We're completely shut down. Um, we were probably, I would say three to four weeks behind you guys, okay. um, in regards to the shutdown. So I don't remember the exact date, but we first rolled out a 15 day or a 21 day completely shut down everything. Um, yeah. and then they extended that through the rest of April, right? May one, they're doing like a reopening phases, yep. you know, restaurants have to apply to our local health district department to make sure that they comply with yeah you know, pickup delivery and all that stuff um but yeah it'll be interesting to see how we climb out of this thing if you know i'm just the thing that i'm most curious about is you know i sent something out on linkedin yesterday asking you know what's what's your favorite restaurant and what restaurant are you going to go to when things open back up again and i would yeah. say 90 percent of the responses were we're still not going out yeah and i was I like whoa it kind of caught me off guard because you know yeah I'm excited to go out to eat because takeout isn't quite as good as eating it in the actual restaurant for no, some reason. <laughs> no, totally. Even if it's the same exact thing, it tastes different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's why I was just going to say that because there's this, I was on this webinar and I was just looking up the statistic while I have you here. Um, you know, there are so many different things that they like this, this company data central put out and they started asking people, you know, um, what are you going to do? Like when this is over, what are you going to do? And 67% said they're going to dine out cautiously and 12% said they'll never go back to dining in. That's like, a lot of people. That's a lot of people. 12%, yeah. like 67% you sound, Oh, that's cool. But 12% is not coming back. That's massive. And mm -hmm. I think that the number one thing, let's see what he said is, um, you know, they're going to want to see some cleanliness in the general common areas of the space. Cause that's always, that's always my thing. Like if the restaurant lets you see this part, like the, the entryway or the bathroom, that's filthy, dirty, what does the back of the house look like? <laughs> Um, oh. but that, and like somebody at the door kind of like enforcing like, Hey, this person, I mean, it's crazy to think that you're going to put some 20 year old kid in charge of checking the temperature of somebody, but like, yeah. that's what's happening in like Japan and I'm uh, sorry, in China and, um, that, and like six foot distance between the, the space, you know? Yeah. It's like, how do you lay that out? Are you restructuring the seating area of your restaurants or, I mean, most people have permanent seating built in. You yeah. Know? Right. It's like, what do you got to skip a booth or whatnot? It's 
it's interesting, man. And I can tell you, people, like I was saying before, that the sentiment is people are kind of just over this. So I'm wondering when it's like, you know, at least again, maybe this is some of the New York attitude. Like, why can't I just come in here? What's the big deal? Why can't I just, what's the big freaking deal over here? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I got a mask on, what the hell? But um, that is definitely going to be a part of it here, I can tell you. But uh, I don't know. Because you can yeah. see the hesitation in people's eyes when they come. We have a door, we have like a, a picnic table right inside the door. You can walk in about three feet and they're kind of like at the door, like, can we come in? And we're like, yeah, you can come in right to where the door opens right there. So I just don't know how you get over the psychological piece. Yeah. I think that that's, you bring up a good point with that as like the psychological aspect of it. Um, you know, there's that group of people that are like, oh, it's never going to affect me. I'm not going to get the virus, yada, yada, yada. Let me just go about my day, yeah. you know? And then there's those people that are like, uh this thing could kill my whole family and yeah. let's be extremely cautious it'll be interesting to see when things open back up the flow yeah. you know i think it's going to be slower than what we all project to be honest with you yeah. you know but i mean who knows maybe us crazy americans are like yeah let's just go back to our usual lives you know, oh, know. and there's one of those conspiracies that i mean we'll get into the social stuff but i'm sure you've seen some of the people on social who are like this isn't even real it's like just yeah. uh you know like there's that whole piece and that you know some people will buy into that do you have a sense of what the overall sentiment is there where you are like are people really taking it serious good question because i pay attention a lot on our kind of twitter and we've got our local governments um that are pretty active and the general consensus from what i'm seeing is a lot of people are pissed we had a huge um protest at our state capitol probably a week ago with I would say close to 300 people that's, all with signs saying open business. And to us, that's quite a bit of, you know, people gathering in one yeah. area without getting in trouble. Yeah. Um, so I think the general consensus is like people want to get back to usual yeah. life, but I mean, you know, take it for what it is. That's a bigger fish to fry. If you're like the governor, like can you make yeah. that call? Oh, totally. Not like yeah. the Las Vegas, yeah. was that the Las Vegas mayor? Who came oh, out? That was bad. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, I don't know in charge of that, but yeah, I mean, I know like Georgia. I think was it as of Friday came back in and was like, "Hey, gyms can open." Um, rat, I forget what gyms and what else can open. Like other things can open up. Uh, yeah, I think, salons, so. I think well, tattoo parlors can open on that time. Yeah, yeah. tattoo parlors, nail <laughs> salons, things like that. I don't know how that's going to play out, but that uh, doesn't seem super safe to me. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the social stuff because that's how you and I met. And I know we've gotten into yep. a lot on this on the Saber calls with Jay and stuff. Are, are, is that having an impact on your business now or how are you communicating? Do you communicate with your tenants now? How do you use social in your commercial business? And is it playing any part in what's going on right now? Uh, loaded question, but <laughs> I'll start here because... <laughs> You know, when, when I got started in commercial real estate, similar to kind of telling my backstory earlier, um, I found a huge need for small business owners needing social. Mm -hmm. So kind of what I, you know, and Jay and I have talked quite a bit extensively about this of how, you know, how you can back and, you know, when you sign a commercial lease with somebody, your FaceTime is, you know, a lot for the first three, six, 12 months of getting that lease signed. And then you kind of, you've got to wait three to five years, maybe 10 years on that lease until you re-engage with that person. Mm -hmm. So how can you pair digital marketing in real estate, like a clash, you know? So yeah. at first I was doing a lot of, um, I started a separate entity called KZB Media, which would go in tune with 
KZB real estate. And what I would do is sign that lease and then I'd pass them off to my media company and we'd service them for every month. We'd manage their social media, things like that. I started to get pulled and hiring people and all of that was getting really tough to do. Yeah. Um, so it's become more of a consulting thing, but kind of meshing the two of, you know, being on a monthly retainer with a small business, you know, and then your reach and kind of all of that paired together is kind of how I got real started is I figured, okay, let me take digital media marketing and commercial real estate and how can I benefit from it? So yeah. about the gate, um, that's how I got a lot of my clients because being younger in the industry has been an uphill battle. Um, yeah. So it was a paired with that attention on social media, as well as the education aspect of the CCIM designation is what mm -hmm. really helped me gain yeah. that credibility. Yeah. And so, you know, at first, you know, three, four of my clients that I found real estate space for, um, they kind of transitioned into media clients and it was working great going well. And those still few clients I keep on, but you know, the growth of that is just kind of, it's like, why grow two things? So I'm trying to figure out how to mesh the two. Yeah, right. Um, of, of more of a consulting thing because, you know, contracting a videographer and a social media manager and all of this stuff kind of got, I was too spread thin. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of rebuilding right now through this time to help build that infrastructure of having that ability. And, you know, you being in the estate space, what are your thoughts on being a commercial broker as well as a digital marketing expert do you see a need for that? Do you think that um, you could provide that to a customer? You know, being a restaurant owner as yeah. well. You know, like, I, how I, much marketing do you guys do? So I did that for a while. I, I did similar okay. to what you're saying is I, when I left the restaurant business, people were like, how did you guys do this? And how did you guys do that? Like, cause I was part of a restaurant that we started literally me and my partner started like this. I was living in the U S Virgin mm -hmm. islands. He was living in New York and he was like, there's this space what do you think about this? And for six months, we went back and forth over it. So we built it from literally, we opened up day one with $0 in the bank account, no dollars. And we grew it from that into two locations and about $6 million a year in about three and a half years. And they're still open today. Wow. So they're That's actually across awesome. the street from my restaurant now, which is a different podcast. But um, so when that happened, everyone was like, well, how'd you do this? Like, who'd you use for this? And when we first started Facebook, well, that was 2007. Facebook was kind of like, you know, just starting to be a thing. And then it had Facebook for business. So I jumped on it just out of like, we got to get the word out. What is this Facebook thing? Let's try to make yeah. it happen. And then we did Snapchat and Instagram and all that fun stuff. But people were asking me like, can, can you tell me how you did it? And somebody said, well, why don't you just create a little business and say, I can help you with all this stuff, including social media. Uh, and then they can pay you for it. But it just became a little bit of a conflict for me at the time. I wasn't working in real estate at the time. And I was like, I can't, they're going to say, well, you have this place. You're going to advise me on the restaurant two miles away. Like, so it was a little bit of an issue, but um, I just transitioned that skill set into commercial real estate. And when I got involved, frankly, I saw you, I saw Jay, I saw Beth, I saw Eddie. And I was like, okay, these people are doing it because at CB, they were like, okay, don't do that. Yeah. Like, legitimately, <laughs> legitimately, they would say, don't be Jay Siano. Don't be that person. We don't want that. And I was like, stupid me. I was like, they don't even know what they're talking about. I'm just going to keep doing it. And every time yeah. I did something, I just got like hammered down. So it wasn't recently <laughs> that I changed it, but I think it is a super white space. I mean, right. If we look at it, I personally don't feel Jay will throw a number at it. And maybe you could say you could agree or disagree, but let's say it's, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's me, you, Jay. Like, how many other commercial brokers are committing to this? I think it's a huge white space and a huge opportunity because it's about yeah, communication. No, I agree 100%. You know, similar to that, our business is communication and relationships. Yeah. Okay. How do you do that? Okay. Well, I got to go meet John at coffee Tuesday morning, but guess what? I can send a post out and touch 25 Johns tomorrow morning. Right. You know, and, and, and that's the part that I think a lot of people, because I think the relationship connection and commercial real estate is just skewed because you feel like, okay, well, I need to call John and check in. How's his family doing? You know, how's Sarah's kids doing in soccer and check yeah, on right. them. If I like their posts, that's it. That's a connection yeah, to me, right. you know, yeah. and I, and that's the way you and I both look at it is yeah. building these trustful relationships and connections and it just blossoms. I mean, I would, you know, to put a number on it, I've had three or four referrals from clients that I've worked with due to them being on social, seeing me on social and transitioning that into actual business. It's, you know, even if it is 1%, it's yeah. better than zero, you know? <laughs> yeah. and I mean, there are so many parallels that can be made, but I always think of it as like, you know, it's just the way things are done. And it's like people who are like, I always get the comment, like, I saw that post that you did, but um, I didn't think, you know, like, is that really the right thing to say? Like you're giving away. I'm like, so you, you cared enough to go on Instagram and to look at my post. I never heard of you before. I've never, we don't, we're not connected in any way. And you're arguing that it's a waste of time, but it's exactly how you found me. It's exact, right? So if we're going by the traditional networking group, right? Like, hey, you can meet anybody anywhere. Yeah. You can, yeah. Starbucks, you can meet them at the car wash. So why couldn't I meet somebody this way, which is clearly the way people communicate now? And they're just like, well, it's just for kids. Okay. Anyway. You know, whatever. <laughs> and like, now we're all being forced to use it through exactly what we're doing today. Yeah. I mean, I put on my wife's you know? sports bra on TikTok. Like, I don't think there's another, I don't think there's another commercial broker who did that. No. I mean, you could argue both sides of that one, but I mean, like, it's about getting attention. And to be honest, the people who like the older, like your grandfather's point, like, look, you're a perfect example, right? Like, if somebody was looking to get in touch with your grandfather about his business and you're handling the assets, you're going to be like, oh, look at this girl on social. I found her on LinkedIn. She represents X amount of these tenants. Maybe we should reach out to her. That's exactly. where it's going. Because they don't want to, I don't think your grandfather's on Instagram or TikTok. Nothing. He didn't even have a Facebook page. Yeah, I don't need this shit. I got to where I am without it. Let me do it. And that's exactly what I think is going to happen. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. Are you seeing a lot in the, how much, and this is a good question on social, how much does that help your restaurant business? You know, it's funny. I, the, the short answer is I don't know, but I do know that not doing it now, particularly like I'm obviously heavily invested for the restaurant, but not doing it now is a major, major, major like shortcoming for restaurants. They're like, just shut down. Uh, and they're like, what are we going to post about? Blah, blah, blah. But meanwhile, if the guy who owned the restaurant's like, Hey, I know we're closed, but this is something that we don't make at the restaurant, but I always make it at home. I thought I'd share it with you guys. Kill would kill him. Like we want to get back. He was so great when we were sucking and hating life. We used to watch those visit uh, videos and it was a blast. You know, I mean, I, I think that it's for us, um, it's all about right now showing that we care, we're giving back um, and that we're open, we're paying rent. And here we just put a video out yesterday. That's like, here's how we're doing it. Gloves, masks, sanitizing. 
So I'll make See, that's so awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. I know I was listening to something the other Gary and it's like, I think they were touching on, you know, restaurants and, you know, show someone how you make this item on your menu, show yeah. someone how you're handling this situation. You know, now's the time to build that content deck yeah. of information. Oh. That's so, I, I mean, like that one item on your menu, your top item, let's take someone through how you made it, with yeah. why and where you came up with the recipe. And it's just, there's so much, uh, I think right now is such a good time to really, you know, backlog content, yep. you know, go back to square one of telling the story of how you got there because everybody right now is posting the same thing. Okay. What did you drink? <laughs> I had coffee for breakfast. Yeah. I can't tell you how many story Instagrams <laughs> I see of that now, which I know. is fine because people are documenting, but now's the time to backlog and go back and say, you know, let me do a three-part series of how I started this restaurant or my business or whatnot. It's yeah, kind of interesting time right now to do that. That would be an amazing time. And to be honest, like the video that we did yesterday, it took us probably two hours to shoot and it cost us 200 bucks. You know, like that's n like nothing. If you can't spend 200 bucks a month on your advertising as a restaurant, open or closed, like just on this pause time, I mean, you got to reevaluate what you're doing. But I think, you know, one of the best things I've seen so far is exactly what you're saying. Our chefs saying, okay, on Friday at six, we're going to do a live with our chef and he's going to cook our lemon uh, pasta. So here are the ingredients you're going to need. And then they give you the shopping That's list. That's so cool. And then like- on, and Then you do say, it with them. Yeah. And then on Wednesday, he takes a picture of like what the set, I'm going to drop a kitchen term on you. It's called mise en place looks like, which is like the prep. So like the grated lemon zest, the Parmesan cheese, the black pepper, the pasta, and it has a picture. This is what your setup should look like. And then be ready for six o'clock and we're going to go. And I mean, it's just massive. You know, it's just a huge connection. And then you're going to make it right. And it's not going to taste the same. So don't think that <laughs> people are going to be like, oh, well, why would I do this? Because then they're never going to come back. They're, you're missing the point. Yeah, yeah. That's such a good point, too. Because there's always something different about it. One, in a restaurant. And two, it's, you know, it, it's that excitement. Think of how many people would join in to do something like that, you know? Yeah, you're looking for things to do anyway. You might as well try to cook something. And plus, he's yeah. probably using half the amount of butter that he would use. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, that's so true but are you so are you personally right now how are you utilizing some of your social stuff are you aiming it directly content directly that i know you do a great job with the with uh, like your personal stuff is very which i think is a huge point like you show who you are your family guy you know you one day i saw you were like i'm gonna start documenting this walk i'm going on or whatever it is yeah are you pointing that content any of your specific content at anybody or are you just kind of like here's me this is what i'm doing day to day i think more of just like i've always taken the approach of you know it's a personal brand rather than a brand for my business yep. so whether it's you know i want to sell sneakers or something down the road candy bars what what have you or open yep. my own restaurant yeah you know i've got x amount of people that trust me and you know, day one's going to be way better than the name of restaurant that's going to open down the street the same week, you know, awesome. or whatever it is, you yeah. know, so I think that, you know, I've taken an approach where I'm probably a little bit more out there than most people like, but at the same time, I, I've seen it help me build one or two relationships of, oh, I have a kid that's one year old too, or like, I just had yeah. a baby. What was it like? You know, how are you going yeah. through this? And it, I think that, um, you know, to answer your question i'm doing a lot of you know processing of what's been working and how can i get better at what's been working 
um, yeah. with still keeping that brand as well as restructuring it in you know i you start with one platform you add another you add another um i've been really focusing on a lot of you know when someone searches commercial real estate boise how can i come up first yeah you know so how am i building the back ends of that um through social because obviously they have the best seo because they get searched all the time yeah um so i'm just doing a lot of that i haven't been super proactive i'm trying to get back to you know posting every day you know, maybe a picture on my main page and stories. And I have a hard time, um, for those of you that listen to this is, is really setting things in stone because to me, a lot of my social media stuff just comes naturally. Yeah. You know, I'll go a day sometimes where I won't make any post or anything. And just, it's cause it, I checked out for the day and I yeah. didn't feel creative, you I'm know, and right you today. probably get that. Yeah. yeah it's I'm like, feeling like I'm feeling like maybe like, I should do like canvassing today. Yeah. I'm not yeah. feeling I hear you. I'm told totally that. And some days I'm like, somebody probably like shut this kid up. I'm sick of seeing yeah. this story. Oh, exactly. I'm like, I'm going to let it roll. I got to go with what I go. With. So yeah. And that's I mean, kind of the fun thing about it is like when you start to, I mean, sometimes you'll start your day with like a funny story and then everything the rest of the day just yeah. feeds off of that. Or maybe even through that week, it becomes like that, that communication with your followers or whatnot. It's like, Oh yeah. Do you remember when I did this on Tuesday? I'm doing it again. And, and then yeah. there's certain weeks where you're just like, I got nothing for you guys. I just, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> not there. <laughs> no, I think I, I feel like that on LinkedIn sometimes. Like I see these things popping up right now. I'm like, oh shit, I should post something on LinkedIn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've run into people and they're like, oh my God, I saw that the other day. That was so crazy that that happened in the parking lot. I'm like, I no clue what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I, I did so much that I don't remember what it was, but still that's what people miss. They're like, particularly at my previous employer, they were like, you don't want people to see you in your wife's sports bra. Like not that they knew, if they knew that fucking forget it. That would be like, yeah. <laughs> I would have been fired. Forget about yep, like, yep, canned. Yeah, They're like, you don't want people to see that. Like you don't want to see them. You arguing with your daughter. What is that? About? Yeah, I do because it's relatable. And I've legit gotten meetings and had this not happened, probably would have been a client because I have a French bulldog. The guy was like, I got to tell you the reason why I'm sitting here is because you and I both have Frenchies. So I'll take it, whatever it takes, whatever gets the meeting. Right. I mean, that's what that's it's all what's about. So crazy too. Like this conversation between you and I is so long overdue. Cause I think large, large similarity when it comes to social media presence, as well as commercial real estate. Now yeah. too. Um, well, dude, that's I don't so want to cool. take up too much of your time. I know you're busy. You got a baby. Good. She's um, napping right now. So we're uh, all good. <laughs> it's like get stuff done. Like I posted on LinkedIn the other day is like, like 10 to noon and then it's like two to four or like those prime times <laughs> and then it's like all yep well good for you that you have that kind of schedule how old is she she's one this week her birthday is oh, wow. on thursday so it's exciting you guys, uh you gotta have like a zoom family birthday party you know we've to be honest we're breaking the rules a little bit so family's coming over so oh, shit. yeah 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 i mean but, that, that's you gotta i mean look yeah that's uh, we had a we had um a drive by bar mitzvah the other day oh way so the girl whose bar mitzvah was was like in the front lawn like hey and they're all <laughs> drove around the block like a line of cars yeah totally so i don't know That's i guess crazy. i don't know how we're gonna look back on this but it feels like it's been six months but it's only been a month and i don't you know right the the adapting some of it's pretty cool like my wife is a soul cycle instructor and she's oh, no way. teaching class 
not not a, not a recycling class, but like a hit, like a Tabata style fitness class. She's got 50 kids, 50 like students every day signed up for this class. So it's like, it's developing into like, she's like, came in before she's like, I'm making money on this. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I, you know, she was not like business minded like that before, but now she's doing like the marketing, the, so I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of good things that come out of this too. So value, a lot of value there. You know, I love that saying you just said adapt and innovate right now. It's yeah. uh you know, I'm fully digital. I took two weeks to get all of my leases, everything, so I can work from anywhere. Um, yeah. Now it's just sticking with it when things get back to normal. Um, yeah. And now's the time to do it because we'll be there in the next five years anyway. You so know? you mean you implemented like a whole new process for yourself, like digital, everything? Like, yeah. Process, how I manage things. I could work from home. I can work from Starbucks. I can work from LA on the beach, New York yeah. City, wherever. Um, I mean, obviously there is some personal touch, but I mean, to have the ability to be flexible like that, I've been wanting to do it for years and this just kind of forced me to do it. You know, all of our rent collection process, mm-hmm. everything's digital, no checks, no nothing. So it's, it's been pain in the butt, but at the same time, it's, I think it's time to innovate and adapt for all of you out there. I agree. And, I, and I'll tell you what, for people like us in a business that was maybe, you know, I mean, I didn't personally see the reason why we had to go to the office every day, but um, if, you know, for, for, and like, let's just say for the New York kind of mindset, New York is everything. Everybody needs everything now. I need now, 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 now. And it's this pace that is like, can wear you down. And I think it's going to add a little bit of a pause and maybe we'll give people a chance to like, maybe enjoy life a little bit more and be like, you know what? Can I get you that proposal back on Monday? It's actually my daughter's first birthday on Friday. We're going to kind of take, and people are going to be like, yeah, totally. I can see that being a one other silver lining coming out of this. And like, I could be that. I could be in LA. I could be visiting you in Boise, Idaho. and be like, Hey, we never got that back, the response back on that LOI. You know what? Let me take a look at it real quick. And I could pop my laptop open, like in the hotel room there and just say, there you go, guys. All right. See you. You know, I think that's, that's going to be a, a good point. That, that's going to change a lot of people's way they do business, even in our industry. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Things are going to change and we're in a new world. I keep telling everybody. All right, Blake. Well, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Stay safe out there, man. Likewise, I appreciated being on. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. I want to take a second here and just remind you that, like I said earlier, my goal is to help reduce the failure rate of restaurants in this country. So what I did is I went on my Instagram and I created a link to my calendar. And if you head there and you click the link in my bio and you scroll down, you'll see that there's a drop down menu there and it says 15 minute phone consultation. So if you're a restaurant owner operator and you just have a quick question, you don't know where to turn, whether it's about operations, whether it's about a startup, how to find money or what to do with this particular server, whatever the case may be, I am there for you. It's a free 15 minute phone consultation and I'm here to help. So if you need it, you know how to find me and continue to listen and support the podcast. I would love if you would uh, share, comment, review, whatever, all that fun stuff. Uh, And I just appreciate the love and support I've been getting for this. So we're going to keep cranking them out. And if you're interested in being on the show, please hit me up. Best way to get a hold of me is on Instagram, or you can always text me at 631-965-1300. Thanks so much again, guys.